Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cinema Rogues. I'm your host, Andrew, and with me, as always, is co-host Guy. Hello. Hey. Uh, if you want to, just a couple things right out of the way, right out of the gate. Uh, if you want to listen to more of me, I do have a show called Board Games Barbarians. Board Games Barbarians. We play multiple board games. I do. Um, and then I'm also on a show called Talking Wizards that is a Patreon exclusive for the show Retro Warriors, which you should always go check out if you like classic video games. And then there's always Saito Studios, and that is Guy's YouTube channel where you can watch him play video games. Yeah, video games. Yeah. Knock those. I feel like my entire contribution so far has just been exclamations of yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of kind of knock those out real quick and then kind of get into uh, what we've been doing for the past two weeks. A uh, whole lot of nothing, really. I started a new job. Uh, this is my second week, so that's taken a lot of my time. Um, but other than that, I've uh, been watching some NCAA basketball. I have been, uh, uh, I, I, I guess I will say boycotting college sports because coronavirus and, and what that does to college athletes ability to make choices for themselves yeah also the fact that we don't pay them which is really shitty yeah but um my favorite college team is like ranked number eight in basketball so now i'm watching them because i'm a sellout like that nice yeah so i've been watching razorback basketball and they they start the ncaa tournament uh as a number three seed this year so i'm pretty stoked about that uh been watching some more stars hockey they're getting decent again they went through a rough patch and I haven't really watched any movies, uh, amazingly enough, other than, other than uh, today's movie. Um, but I did yep. finish WandaVision. Nice. Yeah, that was a, it was a satisfying wrap-up, I would say. Um, you know, nothing, uh, n- nothing too unexpected. Uh, I did miss, there's, there, if anybody hasn't watched WandaVision yet and you plan on watching it, the last episode has two end-credit scenes. There's one mid-credit and one very end-credit. Uh, I missed the last one on that, but uh, oh, I may have to go back. I think I, I think I got them both. I don't remember. That was two weeks ago for me. Yeah, there, there was the the one I forgot. I forgot what the mid credit one, but the end credit one, the one that I missed was her in her in the cabin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you saw that, then that's that's the one I'm talking about. I did not. So, oh well, there you go. You got more to more Wandavision to I'll, see. Yeah, I'll have to go back. Um, overall, overall, uh, I, I loved WandaVision. I thought it was, it was a great study in, in grief. It was a, a different take on, on Marvel properties than we've seen so far. Um, it, it brought a lot to the table and it makes me wonder how much, uh, Falcon and the winter soldier, like you want to call him Captain Falcon, but whatever. Captain Falcon. Uh, you know, I, I wonder how much that's going to be um you know different or if it's going to be more marvel-esque and actiony but uh i, I guess know. we'll see yeah i guess we i mean i i like the for the the marvel shows at least at least for this the first one they wanted to keep to the same like quality of the movies yeah um actually speaking of that i know it's not like in in the news or whatever but i i had seen that the uh, the CW is talking about uh, well, they're they're the DC's productions on the CW are talking about trying to negotiate a higher budget for those CW shows 
to get them on par with the DC movies CGI. Um, so I think I think uh, Marvel's approach to movies and Marvel and and uh, Disney in general, because also like the Mandalorian has really high production values, uh, is starting to push uh, even network TV production values up because they are seeing the the fan response to it. So that's kind of neat. I don't know why they wouldn't expect it to make like make more money or have a better response because of the quality going up. Like there's nobody yeah. that's like quality went up, but everybody hates it more now. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I mean, it may just be, it may have just been like a budget thing and, and the advertising they, they were getting. And now that streaming is opening up, you know, more revenue, right. it's giving them more budget to play with. Yep. But, uh, what have you been up to other than WandaVision that you spelled with an O? WandaVision. Um, well, I finished that. I also watched the behind the scenes for it, which was good. Oh, yeah. Was there any, like, cool little nuggets in that? Uh, kinda. It was really just a lot of them explaining the show, which, ah, if you watched okay. the show, you didn't really need to explain it, and them just going, like, well, it was cool to, like, be this, or it was cool to play this character, or it was cool to do that. But there wasn't really a whole lot of, like, new information. Mm. So... Take See, take I, that how you will. Yeah, I, I would say that it, or I would have hoped that it would have some sort of like extra background or, or something like that, right? But it's yeah, not. Okay. I, I mean, they kind of talk about really just building the sets and how they like how the sets are built, how they filmed it, that kind of stuff. So more behind the scenes things than anything story related or character related. That's still cool. I'll probably check that out. Yeah. I also watched Pick a Destiny. It's the first time I've ever seen it all the way through in one sitting. Really? Yeah, I'm, I've I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I've watched like the first half of it before, and then I've watched like part of the latter half, but mm-hmm. I've never actually just sat down and watched it in one sitting. What do you think of it as as a as a whole thing? I mean, I like it. It's a good movie, fun, tenacious <laughs> D movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's on my watch at least once a year list. Like, if I just want to like veg out and watch something dumb and funny, I you know, I, it's a known quantity. I didn't realize how short it was. It's a pretty. Oh short yeah, movie. it's like an hour and a half at at that. Yeah, I always listen to the album and then get surprised by how short the album is. And I know the movie's not a whole lot longer than the album. Yeah. Um. Other than that, watch the new Tom and Jerry movie. On the HBO Max, just because my wife and I couldn't decide what to watch, so I was like, "Okay, we're just gonna watch this," because I'm slightly good? interested. In, not really; it's not a great movie. Oh, okay. I think I laughed out loud like twice, which is more than I think it deserved, and I think it was <laughs> for a dumb part. But it really like I don't have kids, so maybe kids would like it. But a lot of it didn't really make sense, and the whole story resol- revolved around rich people's wedding go going smoothly hmm. which i feel like is a bad read on what how like society views rich people right now yeah like if you want yeah. us to care about characters granted they're not the main characters but maybe don't make your story about making sure someone's wedding goes smoothly um what's her face from from kickass is in that right chloe grace moretz yeah, she's the main character besides Tom and Jerry. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a fine movie. I don't know. I guess if your choices are watching it now or 
I'm sure it'll come back to HBO Max in like two months or something like that. But uh, if you have kids, then maybe your kids will like it, and it's not like the worst thing to watch. I'll say this. I didn't hate it. I mean, that's fair. But I didn't think it was great. I mean, I mean, I think that falls in line with m- most kid movie fare these days, you know? Yep. Um. Well, cool. We'll go ahead and get into some news. Do you want to take us take us away and start the news off with the sure? In there? Uh, Alamo Draft House has filed for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. Um, this really seems to be a more of a restructuring and, and financial thing than an actual, uh, you know, we're broke and can't afford to live type situation they basically from what i read they just sold the majority or the rest of the company to its already half owner company basically yeah um and i guess they're going to proceed and operate you know as normal uh while they're going through it and and then you know they'll come out the other side i'm sure they'll have some sort of debt restructuring plan and you know that'll be that uh, hopefully it frees them up to to be able to continue to provide what what has become you know high quality service. I, I say has become; it's always been. Yeah. Um. But it's Alamo Draft House has become my preferred place to go see a movie. It's so where I, I go as I, well. Yeah. So when I go back to see a movie, I mean that that's where I'm going first if I can. Yep. Yeah. Once uh once things go back to semi normal at least, uh, that's where I'll be going. As long as they start up their uh, monthly service again. Yep. Um, I did see, so there are some, they said they were going to close some underperforming stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and I the only one that I've heard of so far is the Ritz in downtown Austin is closing, which was their like spiritual successor to their original store that's not, not doesn't exist anymore. Ah, well, that's, that's kind of sad. I guess so. I I've been to the Ritz a couple times, and I I hate going downtown. And there's no parking, and it's just not a great experience getting there. Like the theater is fine and fun, but I think I just had a problem with like having to go there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and there's there's way better Alamo Draft Houses around me in that location yeah the closest one to me is probably about a 30 minute drive at this point but you know whatever it's it's worth it to me yeah um i guess we'll get on the next the snyder cut is uh, for justice league is four hours long and releases march 18th yeah that makes it make a whole lot more sense of why they were gonna uh originally their plan was to make like a a four-part mini series or whatever out of it Yep, that makes way more sense. Because I think, I don't know if I'm going to sit through a four-hour-long movie. I can barely sit through, like, the Lord of the Rings extended cuts. Those are well, about... those are three and a half hours. You only got, like, another, you know, 20, 30 minutes. It's yeah, fine. but but that's, like, a great movie versus a movie that wasn't <laughs> really great when it originally came out. So... And there's uh, mixed mixed reviews. I read like one was like a four out of ten. Uh, I think that was from like GameSpot, and then IGN really liked it, and I think another publication really liked it as well. So it's like kind of a mixed mixed bag. But I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. I just don't know if it'll all be in one sitting. Right. 
yeah, I, I I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, I don't know. I'll try and power through it, but also, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching it with another person, so I don't have, you know, complete say in, in how that's going to go either. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably watch it with my wife if she's got time and I, I think she's, she's pretty flexible. So if I'm like, I'm, I'm done right now, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she'd be like, I am also done. Um, well, we'll get into Oscar nominations. We're just going to do, I just wanted to do best picture because obviously there's way too many Oscar nominations for us to do it just in a news segment. Um, but I thought we'd go through the best picture nominations. Uh, and first off is the father. Uh, next is Judas and the black Messiah. Then you got mink, which we uh, reviewed. Yeah. Go listen to that one. Um, the Minari. Then you got nomad land. And then Promising Young Woman. I still want to see that. Uh, Sound of Metal. And The Trial of the Chicago 7. And I really want to see that movie. Which, it's, that's an Aaron Sorkin movie, right? Yeah, and that's on Netflix. So I'm probably going to watch that maybe this weekend, unless my wife, because she's going to be busy this whole weekend, but unless she really wants to see it too. Uh, otherwise, it'll just be me. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I guess uh, next up, Batman finally wrapped up production work. So we are very much closer to another Batman movie. I'm excited. I, I don't know anything about this movie other than Robert Pattinson's in it. And I, I'm at this point, I'm sold on Robert Pattinson as an actor. Yeah, I am too. And I think it's one of those things where whenever they announced it, like, whereas every other Batman, I've been like, well, I don't know. Like, I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I just accepted it immediately. Uh, Avatar nice. reclaims the title of the highest grossing film after being released in China. So That's cheating. Took it back, Avatar. Disney, you you won again. Yeah, eat it, Disney. Oh, oh no. Yeah, oh. <laughs> someone in the Discord made that joke. <laughs> um, Taika Waititi won a Grammy for the Jojo Rabbit score, so good on him, and he's on his way to an EGOT. Is he just missing the Tony? I think so. I think he's won an Oscar and an Emmy already. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I don't know. So don't, don't take my word for it. (laughs) Well, fine. (laughs) Uh, Well, we're going to go and get it. This episode, we were talking about Tenet. Um, It's pronounced Tenet. 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 Ooh, Tenet. I like that one. Yeah. Tenet. (laughs) Um, so this is going to be a little bit of a, this this is the synopsis I wrote. So we'll see how, how well that goes over. Uh, CIA agent named protagonist learns that you can reverse entropy in order to make people and things reverse time. He is then tasked with stopping the world from collapsing in on itself as an arms dealer holds the button for doomsday. That's about, that's That's, about right. That's a good summary. I, uh, there's so much to unpack in this movie. Uh, it's that, hard to throw it in like a sentence or two. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, it's one of those things going into the movie. I had no idea what was going, what, what it was about. You know, I, I knew that it was a Christopher Nolan movie. Um, I didn't even know that Kenneth Branagh was in it and he's like a huge part of it. Yep. D- did you watch the trailer after the fact? I did. I watched all three. The, I didn't watch the teaser, but I watched the first official, the second one, and the final trailer. What'd you think after watching the movie? Do you think it would have like spoiled anything for you? No. Um, 
I think it would have gotten me hyped. I think had I watched the trailer going into it, I would have, it would have felt, I, I, I would have felt more grounded to the material, I guess, because I would have been expecting the sort of time travel, time travel aspect of it or not time travel, but time manipulation aspect of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think Christopher Nolan seems to have a lot of control over his trailers, uh, if not complete control. Probably, he probably so, demands it, I would assume. Right. So I think, uh, you know, he, he does a good job of not, you know, giving away the ending. And I do, and thinking about it, I have a problem when people are like, oh man, they showed like the final scene in the trailer. Like, well, yeah, but you, you don't know, know that, that in the context of the yeah. trailer, right? That's not a spoiler. A spoiler would be like, you know, uh, I don't know, a trailer for Endgame that shows like, uh, what's her face? Scarlett Johansson's character, Black Widow, like dead at the bottom of the fucking thing, right? Yeah. That's a spoiler. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Spoilers. Yeah, this movie was definitely one that kind of like grew on me after watching it. Like when I was done watching it, I was kind of disappointed. And the longer I sat on it, the the more I thought about it and enjoyed it, even though it's not really scientifically sound. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not super scientifically sound. You know what? It's uh, which is kind of weird from from a Christopher Nolan perspective because he. A tries. lot of his stuff seems to be super science, you know, based. And he tries had, to ground it in reality as much as possible. Right. You know, especially um, Interstellar, you know, there were there were uh, heaps of, of scientific or uh, excuse me, of, of uh, consultations with scientists. And then you had, you know, uh, like Neil deGrasse Tyson coming out and saying, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Well, there's also just there was enough ambiguity with us not really knowing what happens when you're near a black hole that it was, you could basically do anything. you want. Yeah, that's true too. Um, well this movie released in the UK on August 23rd and 2020 and in the U S September 3rd of 2020. Um, for some development, just a little bit of info info that I pulled out for it was writing started in 2014 with pre-production starting in 2018. And apparently this was an idea with any time I read like how, when this started or when, when the movie idea started, it's like, well, it started 15 years ago when I had this idea. And that's how Christopher Nolan explains all of his, I like when the, when it started stories yeah. It's always like 15 years ago when I had this idea is when it started. And I'm like, well, when did you start actually writing? <laughs> uh, filming began in May of 2019 uh, it was filmed in 70 millimeter film and I'm and with IMAX cameras. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that they got IMAX cameras again, just because uh, when they were on the set of Dunkirk, they dropped one in the ocean. And I'm sure, I'm sure the it. IMAX folks were like, okay, Chris, you got to bring this one back though. Yeah. Well, they recovered it and it still worked, but still oh, dropping a, you know, how million dollar, millions of dollars camera into the ocean is probably make, cause they, they, they don't just, own them. They just gave it to his director of photography and said, look, you're in charge of this. He's okay? the one that dropped. <laughs> oh, well shit. <laughs> well, cause he's like, he has it like he, like actually on his shoulder in most of the shots, um, has this. I don't know, like a hundred pound camera or something like that on his shoulder with a dude behind it, like holding it up also like walking around. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, his director of photography is a beast, man. Um, now I'm sorry, real, real quick. Uh, director of photography and cinematographer are two different things, right? Yes, I believe so. Okay. I don't know off the top of my head. I believe they are different. You're supposed to know these things. Okay. I know. Anyway, go ahead. I'll go ahead. take another class someday on it. Uh, Ludwig Gorenson did the score of the film. I probably butchered his last name uh, and apparently created melodies that were the same forward as they were backward to keep with the palindrome theme of Tenant. Nice. Uh, and according to IndieWire.com and Entertainment Weekly, Washington and Pattinson and DeBecky were only allowed to read the script at first in a locked room. That wow, way okay. secrets well, couldn't get out. I mean, that's one way to do it. Um, so I just Googled Christopher Nolan cinematographer and then Christopher Nolan director of photography and they both say Wally Pfister. Well, there you go. Maybe his are the same and they're usually not. I don't know. Oh. Anywho. Um, so where were we? <laughs> so uh, we'll get into, uh, as we've kind of mentioned multiple times, director Story by, written by, is all Christopher Nolan. The leads are John David Washington as protagonist, Robert Pattinson as Neil, as Elizabeth DeBecky as Kate, and or Cat, and then Kenneth uh, Brana as Sater. I didn't really have any supporting. There was there was a lot of supporting cast, and I didn't really put any any, any in there, just because. And there's the obligatory Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine was in there. That he was really the only usual Christopher Nolan suspect. That's in yeah. I guess uh, wasn't Kenneth Branagh in in um or in Dunkirk? Was he? I don't. I thought he was one of the like the dude on the dock, like the general, or whatever. Oh, uh, he may have been. That would make sense. Um, but I, think, I, I don't remember off the top of my head if he was or not. I think he was. Yeah, there were there were a couple of people in the movie. I was like, oh, hey, it's that person. Um, like there was the uh, the guy that uh, uh, the first guy he saw after the opening scene. I don't want to you know give away spoilers here. Yeah, but who kind of gave him the original rundown on on Tenet or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy was in in Weeds. Okay, and I I was right. Kenneth Branagh was in Dunkirk as Commander Bolton. So nice. I guess I guess that is a returning actor. Um, it has won the Critics' Choice Movie Award for Best Visual Effects of 2021, and the Satellite Award for Best Visual Effects. Uh, which is weird because their visual effects are more practical than they are. I guess it's still visual effects, practical effects. Oh, it was also nominated for Most Pretentious Director. Was it? Oh yeah. Oh, that's a that's a guy original award. You should mail it to him. I'm just, I'm disappointed, man. I I don't know. I have so much respect for Christopher Nolan's movies that it just really bothers me that you know he's he's so uh you know adamant about having to watch it in the theater. Like even the trailer, I think it was the first the first trailer. At the end of it, it says, "Watch this trailer in the theater for maximum effect." I I don't know. We we've had this discussion multiple times. I understand where he's coming from. Uh, I mean, being so assertive about it maybe is a little bit much, but like the person that creates the art has a medium that they prefer that you watch it on or that you view it on. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's where it's going to happen. 
Did you see that guy that stuck it on like a GBA cartridge or something? I did not. Just to oh. like piss him off or, <laughs> or I guess. try to. Uh yeah, I don't know. He um I guess this dude uh, just puts various movies on on GBA carts and so there's just a screenshot of it running on a GBA. Wow. All right. And does it run <laughs> with any sort of resolution or is it like I mean, I would assume it runs in okay resolution. Well, I mean, like is it like Game Boy graphics or <laughs> somehow? No, I mean, just, it's got to have like the full color palette. He reprograms it to be like a Game Boy game. <laughs> yeah. It's pixelated and it's only got like eight colors. <laughs> um, well, critical response you've got Rotten Tomatoes. The critic score is 70% at the time of this recording, and audience score is 76%. And then Metacritic is Metascore 69 with user score of 72. So, about. Roughly about the same. Um, what did you spoiler free review? Um, it was great. I loved the movie. Uh, watching it the first time, it was it was definitely going through it. Uh, with in my head going, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> you know, and like trying to figure out and trying to play a guessing game of where it's gonna go. Um, but you know, I. I, like I said, Christopher Nolan makes great movies, and 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 as much as I don't like him on a sort of uh, personality level, yeah, um, I'm not going to say on a personal level because I don't know him on a personal level, but on a personality right. level, um, he, he he's he is a great director, um, has some brilliant story ideas, and and knows how to to execute them really well. You know, the cinematography is great as always. The score was was amazing. The the pacing was was great. Um, you know, there weren't like huge lulls. There were some exposition, but it didn't feel like the exposition really bogged it down in the same way that, um, uh, what's the movie, uh, with the dreams, Christopher Nolan movie with dreams. Yeah. Where they go in their dreams and oh, it slows down. Inception. Yeah. Yeah. Inception. Thank you. I was like, some of the what? exposition and in inception really, you know, bogs the movie down, especially when they're like trying to set up and get, uh, you know, Elliot Page and, 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 and Leonardo DiCaprio are having their conversations about what's going on. Yeah. And that didn't really seem to happen that much. There was a lot of tension in all of the, the scenes with dialogue, you know, especially like, cause you had scenes where he's like, he's having these discussions with, with characters. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, either all of a sudden, like some, some goons show up and start, you know, messing with him in an ominous way, or he's just in a tense situation and, you know, having these discussions. So I, I, I like the way it was crafted and acted and, and directed. Yeah. I think the first time, the first time I, cause I viewed it, like I watched about like a quarter of it today just to kind of like go through a little bit of stuff. Uh, but the first time I viewed it, it felt very like the lines were very punchy. Like someone would say a line, someone would say a line, someone would say a line. Like it was just very bam, 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 uh, very quick paced. Mm-hmm. And that bothered me at first because it felt unnatural. Everybody responding so quickly without any time to think about anything that's being said. Uh, but then the second time I didn't have that same effect. So I don't really know what what was going on the first time. Maybe that's how it was. And watching it a second time, I'm already used to it. So it doesn't matter. Who knows? Um, my review uh, was Tenet is a complicated, convoluted, and sometimes plot hole ridden film. Uh, this doesn't stop it from being an interesting, wonderful, attract, wonderfully attractive, and downright enjoyable movie. 
The moments before the end where I'm scratching my head wondering what's happening isn't met with frustration, but more of a feeling of wanting more and wondering what's going to happen next. Um, As the movie says, you have to start looking at the world in a new way. I believe the same can be said about this film. Even with its flaws, it's still a delightful time, and it's worth the moment spent watching it. I would agree with all that. I think even at the the end of the movie, well, uh, except for the epilogue, you know, like when when the when the action wraps up, and your yeah. main characters are having their sort of post action discussion, um, you know, there there's there's a, a sort of a, a hint or promise of of more or a larger world and a larger story. Um, and, and, and that left me, you know, wanting, wanting more, I, I want a sequel to tenant, even though, you know, I, I think I'll get into later why I don't think that's going to happen right. uh, if for no other reason than it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Hey man, he's made sequels before to Batman. Only Batman's. <laughs> we'll get into it in the spoiler review section, but, uh, what is your suggest? Would you suggest people watch it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wouldn't. I would I would pay to rent it honestly um if 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 I was you know wanted to watch it today um I, yeah. I think it's well worth a rent um I don't know that I'd pull a trigger on a buy unless it's a uh, you know on sale um or waiting for it to to come on some sort of paid streaming service I I think since it is a WB movie you know it's most likely an HBO Max movie um right so you know if you've got HBO Max and and, and don't mind waiting yeah, I think that's a perfectly valid way to do it too. It'll eventually come there once uh, they can convince Christopher Nolan to stop being so crazy about it. That's true. I know. Um, I know that he has uh, said that he's done with with Warner and HBO Max um, as a distribution platform uh, because of the, their their stance on releasing movies simultaneous with theaters. But uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what what happens whenever. Everything kind of, I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. I think it's been going. I, I've enjoyed the movies being released on HBO Max. Um, and especially since they're only there for a month and then they still have more time to be in theaters before they're back on the streaming service, I think works out. But I don't know what he's expecting right now anyway with people not really being able to go into movies. Right, but. yeah. Well, now we're we're starting to get vaccinated, so hopefully soon-ish. Hopefully, uh, I think... Fauci said July he expects yeah. things to start going back to normal if if we can get more than like 50% vaccinated. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, I believe it's worth a watch if it's... Uh, I, I'm not a huge movie renter because I generally buy movies at like $10 when I can find them. So if you can find this movie for $10, I think it's worth that versus paying 4 to $5 to rent. Uh, or the occasional on iTunes that I find where it's $4 to rent and $5 to buy, and I don't understand uh, how that works out. Oh, I guess I will amend mine to say that I would be happy to buy the physical uh, release. Yeah, I'd be, I'd like that. I mean, the I got the iTunes version, and that came with uh, an hour and a half of behind-the-scenes stuff, which I did watch like a crazy person. Nice. Um, so I did get to see some behind the scenes stuff, which was nice. Um, and I'll, I'll probably talk about that some in the spoiler section. Um, but yeah, if you can find it for on sale for $10, like I did, um, or you want to rent it or you want to wait for it, whichever one you feel comfortable doing, 
but I would say it's definitely at least worth $10. Um, I'm not sure if I'd pay $20 for it. I'm not sure I'd pay full price for it. Wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late movie. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Somebody's going to get that Ninja Turtles reference, damn it. Yep. Well, we're going to go into spoiler review section. Yeah. Spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. Why don't you uh, take it away? All right. I'm just going to rip this bandaid off, but uh, there's a fan theory out there that Max, the the son, uh, what's her face? Cat's son, Max, Mm -hmm. is actually Neil. But how did he get? the past well, they when he starts to grow up or becomes a teenager or whatever he's still in contact with uh what's his face right because like at the end of the movie uh he kills the the indian lady i forgot her name priya i think priya yep um he kills her and then what's he gonna do next he has the 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 potential to go, you know, at this point, go meet up with Kat and, and start up a friendship or a relationship or whatever and be in their lives. And so at some point in the future, after he comes up with the idea of, uh, or really starts establishing, you know, the tenant, yeah. um, then, then what he can do is he can just stick, you know, Max slash Neil into one of the reversing machines and he just kind of, you know, hauls it back 20 years or whatever. Do you... Do you age? Yeah, I mean, you were going normally through time. So, like, if he went when he was 17, uh, that would be probably about eh, 10 years or so he'd have to go backwards in time, something like that. Do you age forwards while you're going backwards, or do you age backwards while you're going backwards? I would think you age forwards because your relative... I guess, to the world around you, you're still going your own normal normalcy. Like you're not speaking backwards to yourself, for example. I guess so. And her, whenever she was, so there's the scene where she gets shot, and then they put her through the machine, and so she's healing forwards or healing backwards. They, I don't know if they uh, actually ever explain it, did they? I don't know that they explained her healing super well. Um, I know that. The, the radiation from the thing going through her is what was destroying her and whatnot. And when they started her going forward again, that went away. Yeah. Um, uh, my biggest problem that I had with this movie, uh, and I guess really it was more my wife's biggest problem, so I'm carrying it over here, is why he cared so much about Kat to begin with. Other than yeah. maybe being attracted to her, why a CIA secret agent that is now dead and has murdered people before, you know, supposedly, well, I guess he murdered people at the beginning of the movie. Um, but why he cares so much about a woman that he's just met. Well, his original, uh, drive was to get that, that meeting set up. And I would just assume that, in the process of, of, uh, you know, getting to know her and, and, and getting the things that she needed, uh, he, he started to care about her, but like learning her story or whatnot. That's, yeah. that's the only thing that I could really think. 
Right, but it's um, not like like he, there's never a moment where he shows any sort of like relationship interest with her. I mean, that's that's true. Um, but like she tells him her story and you know, at at, at the end of the day, um when, like when he goes to like recover the painting and it's not there and then he lies about it or whatnot. And then she finds out that he lied about it because he's, you know, her, her husband's got the got the painting. Yeah, that it's, um, you know, that maybe he feels some responsibility for setting that right. I guess so. But so back to this fan theory about Max's Neil. Um, you know, you've got the fact that 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 Neil knows a lot about, even though they theoretically like just met at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um. You know, he knows how that he doesn't drink on the job. He knows that he likes, you know, Coke yeah. um, and, and some various other like little tidbits like that. And, 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 you know, at the end of it, he says, you know, he hints that, it, that there's more of, of their interaction to come because that, you know, they're, they're going to set up the whole plot, you know, in the future. Right. Yeah. And then just from a, from an actor standpoint, Robert Pattinson uh, dyed his hair to a sort of uh, like dirty blonde, like, Cat's uh, character uh, has, um, yeah. and he put on a fake English accent. You know, it's not his real English accent; it is closer to hers. Um, okay. And then there's the fact that he uh, speaks Estonian, which you know, if he grew up, if he's the kid of these two of of the Estonian, you know, mob guy and uh, the British lady. Um, then that would explain that he grew up in a potentially bilingual household and that's how he knows those languages. Right. I mean, that so. makes sense. It also could not be, but I think it's it's more fun to think of it that way. Right. It could just be that he, you know, was trained and picked by him and got close enough as a friend to be to do that, but it would it make true. It would make sense also for, for him to be Max, but who knows? Who knows? I want follow-up, David. I want Tenet too, even if it's just. Uh, but he yeah, already saved happened. the world. Yeah, it's it's like a twenty-minute movie where it's like you know them you know, uh, like palling around while he grows up, and then all of a sudden he's Robert Pattinson. It's like the end. Yay! <laughs> My so I'll, I'll go into one of mine. The the biggest kind of plot hole that I saw at the end that they didn't really explain other than a throwaway expl- explanation was uh, Neil being dead at the end of the movie and then not being dead and then picking the lock for them and then running off. And it was, you know, they explained it by him going like, I got more stuff to do. I got to go and, and make sure I'm there. Well, I mean, that's where he died though. Did he? Yeah, no, he's dead. Oh, he's super no. dead. And he has to go do it? Yeah, he has to go do it. And he knows he's going to go do it. And, and you know, he's he's known the entire time that that's, that's where he dies, right? You know, assuming that this was all crafted in the future, then he knows, uh, uh, presumably, he knows uh, what the, the protagonist has told him, uh, you know, wh- wh- how, how he dies or whatnot. Because so, he, go ahead. I was gonna say part of that is he would have had to have gone through a different controlled turnstile twice, returned to the field, 
and this would be like the third instance of himself being there that day to get back there with that knowledge and ha- not having met any instance of himself previously. Uh yeah, well I mean he can he can meet himself, he just can't touch himself, right? Right. Which that's Oh, hey oh. Um but like there are at least three versions of him in that in that field cuz he goes through it forward once where he um where he sees the the guy planting the bomb and then he goes through backwards where he's trying to um uh warn them about the bomb, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes back through it again forward to where he he's at the end of the movie. So presumably that then he goes back to that same, you know, revert uh, turnstile or whatever and and goes back to die cuz he knows he he has to. And that's when he he goes in, he unlocks the door and he dies. Like that's that's his the the end of his 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 life, I guess. Because he's saving protagonist. Right. Oh man, what a it's it's a dense movie, but yeah. it's it's freaking great. And well, and he's also in the in the opera house. So clearly he's gone backward. He's gone he's super in that backwards. day. Yeah, in that day he's like at at least in that day like five times because the 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 end scene takes place during the opera house thing. Yeah, it's just trying to think about all the stuff. It's just uh, it's a it's a very very dense movie as you put it. What is your? I want I'm interested in your uh, Seder Square thing that you got in the notes. Oh. Yeah, there's a thing called a Seder Square, and I I'm I'm spacing on the origin of it, but it's it's some sort of like old old tablet, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this it's a square like stone tablet that's got five words on it, and and in order they're Sator, Arepo, Tenet, Opera, and Rotas, right? Mm-hmm. And if if you write that out or go look it up if you're listening to this, uh, go look it up and and. Basically, what it is, is no matter which way you flip the square, no matter if you read it forwards or backwards, it always says those same five words. Mm. In that order. Because it's, it's like a palindrome. Of, it's like a palindrome square, basically. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. No, it's, it's really neat. And if you look at it, um, uh, Sator is the name of the bad guy. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Arepo is the name of the art dealer, the, the forgeries art dealer. Oh yeah. Uh, Tenet is the name of the movie. Yep. Opera, the, the opening scenes in the opera house and Rotas is the name of the security, uh, security firm in the, uh, the international terminal. Ah, okay. So yeah. So there, there are a lot of allusions to it. It's clearly where some of the inspiration was drawn from. Um, and most notably the name of the movie. Be cool. Another, th- I was going to say, and speaking of palindromes, um, the, the entire movie to a certain extent is a, is a, is a palindrome of sorts. And, and, and the time going backwards and forwards is very, you know, a, a time palindrome. They should have ended the movie in the same opera house that they started the movie in. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> But at the same time, the end of the movie or the, the main, you know, uh, other than the epilogue does take place at the same time as the opera house. It's just in a different location. Does it? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that... Because they're going backwards on that boat the entire time or whatever. Yeah, they're going backwards on the boat at the time, the entire time, and um, that's also happening happening simultaneously with um, his, uh, him dying on the boat with um, with Cat, right? Which that's happening while the uh, uh, the normal version of him, like the original version of him, mm-hmm. uh, has flown off the boat from the helicopter to go to the opera house. Right, that's why he's away from the boat. Right. I one question I have because the the big huge boat is going backwards. Mm-hmm. How did they get that through one of the machines to make it go backwards? They didn't. They got the uh, crate that they're. Oh no, because he's out. He's on the outside of it doing push uh, pull ups at some point. Yeah, and the boat, like, it shows shots of the water, like, going backwards up on the boat, like it's moving backwards. That's a good question. I'm not sure how they did that. Take that, Christopher Nolan. <clears throat> uh, somebody did point out um, in one of these videos that I was watching that in that scene where he's, uh, the boat's going backwards and he's on the boat, like, doing pull-ups or whatnot, mm-hmm. um, that they're passing by that same uh wind turbine that he was already in that he was already in uh presumably while he was doing pull-ups in that wind turbine (laughs) so he's doing pull-ups at the same time with himself right i another like a theory i had for why the movie felt so scripted i guess is the best way to put it like bam 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 them talking back and forth like i said before the spoilers um is that he himself scripted the conversations that he would have with himself and gave those to the people that had conversations with him. Isn't that a a complaint you had about the first Christopher Nolan movie? Yeah, no, it it came back. Was that it? (laughs) Well, the first, the first one was, it felt like college students. It felt like the same voice Mm -hmm. talking to each other um, in too quickly and not enough time for them to really like process information. Like it was too snappy the way that they responded to each other. And it was not as snappy in this movie, but it still kind of was, it was way worse in, in watching or was yeah watching things. Um, but I guess some fun facts, uh, John David Washington had to learn the vault fight scene four different variations forward and backwards as present and future self. That's right. And he also had to, I, I, I mean, he had to learn the choreography for the fight with, uh, what's his face too, right? He it wasn't to, really a fight. It was more him running around. Yeah. He had to uh, learn Neil. all of them. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like he had to learn that four different times and they filmed it. They filmed the fight. They were fighting going backwards in some of those scenes. Crazy. So they had to, the stunt coordinators had to do the fight scene and then figure out how to do it backwards. And they would Mm -hmm. film themselves doing it both ways and make sure that they were doing the movements properly. That's nuts. Like, yeah, the technical details in this movie of, uh, um, like the choreography and stuff Mm -hmm. is, is, is mind blowing. So anytime they had somebody doing something backwards, like, uh, like walking backwards, they did all those things where they were actually walking backwards, um, and they all had to figure out 
how to do that properly. Um, he was actually talking backwards in the scene when he's got the gun to Cat's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sater does, and he had oh, like wow. he had like a whiteboard down below that he kept looking at to try to let, that was just like how to pronounce things backwards properly. Um, nice. Uh, and then another interesting fact: the movie has some of the first aerial video shots ever of India. Oh, really? Or of uh, Mumbai, because India does not normally allow aerial video or photos of their cities, hmm. and they allowed them to do that. That's also, pretty neat. Also, they did uh, both John David Washington and Robert Pattinson uh, both did most of their stunts, their own stunts. Cool. And one of my favorite uh, stories from the video, from like the behind the scenes. Is remember they're, when they're in Mumbai and they jump off the building at the end and kind of rappel down or are rappelled down? Not the mm-hmm. end of the movie, but at the end of that scene. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's jumping on like this little platform. Like he's still strapped in so that way if he falls, they can catch him. But he's not jumping to fall down whenever you see him jump off of the the roof or whatever or jump off of the balcony. <laughs> and apparently like Christopher Nolan gave him a a note before he was supposed to do it and he mm-hmm. just ignored the note and like jumped the way that, that he had been doing it uh, and Christopher Nolan came up after came up to him afterwards and was like you didn't hear a thing I said because you were scared shitless weren't you and he was like yep <laughs> for sure <laughs> nice uh, I mean like I said Christopher Nolan seems like a genuinely nice dude yeah for the, for like the most said, part disappointed yeah. um I did like that uh, they color coordinated um, a lot of the movie, um, you know, and, and, and again, Christopher Nolan movies, every detail is, is somewhat important, right? It, it, there's, there's barely anything you see on screen that isn't thought out for one reason or another. And so in the same sense, you had um, people wearing red uh, or, or staged in red light going forward and people in blue going or go, for going backwards. Oh yeah. So like so like when you had the armbands um in the final scene the the ones going forward had red armbands, they also had red watches uh or red readouts on their watches. The blue the blue team had blue armbands and blue uh, readouts on their watches. Yeah. In that scene where uh where you first see the the spinning machine or not first see it but where where Kenneth Branagh goes through it yeah. with uh, um and they have that, that that dialogue back and forth um in the in the in the room where time is flowing forward it's going red and uh where it's going backwards it's staged in blue uh you, but it also while it's staged in blue you have cat going forward who is wearing a red dress or outfit mm-hmm. so it it's just it was a neat use of color and the 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 reason that it it's the way it is is because of the the doppler uh, doppler shift effect Right. Okay. Or excuse me, the uh, of of the Doppler shift. The Doppler effect is the thing where like sound compresses as it gets closer. Why, right. Uh, like why trains show. Um, but a Doppler shift is how they measure um, like the speed of of um, interstellar objects. So if you if you take a a a picture of like say I have no idea something far out like a sun you know a star yeah. And then you take another picture of that star, the light that you get from the star in the two different times is going to be a different color. Um, 
depending on if that star is moving closer to you or further away from you. Right. And so if it's moving further away from you, um, then it's, it's red. And if it's moving back towards you, it's blue. Okay. Um, Yeah. I I thought that was, that was a neat little uh, tidbit. I would like to talk for a moment about how uh, painful it would be to have somebody cheese grater your face. Uh, like in the fight scene where the he's talking to Cat for the first time in the restaurant and the goons show up and then he has to fight him in the kitchen. Yeah, and that like, was rough. Whenever he's holding the cheese grater, like the, the first time my wife and I saw it, we were both like, please don't. Please don't do that. And he like <laughs> hits a dude in the face with the cheese grater and then grates his face. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm like thinking about how painful it is when you are like cleaning a cheese grater and you accidentally grate like your finger or something. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the worst. I can't you imagine. Just slice off little chunks of your face. Yeah, oh. that sounds awful. Yep. Um, in the you know the the one pro well I I. I want to say the one problem I have with this movie, I, I'm sure I have other problems with it, but in right. the opera scene, when the, 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 the terrorists, um, come in, which I didn't figure this out until like days after watching the movie that those terrorists in that scene were like Kenneth Brenna's crew trying to get the, uh, the, oh, the, yeah. the piece of the thing. I, never, I didn't really think about it. And I guess the two guys that capture him at the end are in the crew too. Yeah. And so, but they they come in and they're like trying to uh, you know scare people intimidate people or whatnot and they just like crush a bunch of like cellos and stuff like just like knock them over and then like boot yep. stomp them why yeah my wife what was did like that why cello did you do to, do to you <laughs> yeah like that's I mean that's for. like a, a multi thousand dollar instrument I'm sure well yeah even even if it's a, a replica unless it's just a non working re- you know like shitty stage prop like holy shit dude yep. cellos aren't cheap. For sure. Yeah, that was uh, something that bothered us as well. Um, And I guess for me, the last thing I want to talk about is it's a Christopher Nolan film. So basically everything that you see in this movie is real as far as the uh, effects that they do, including the plane that they crash into a building. Um, They actually found an airport that allowed them to create that portion of that building. And then they purchased a, uh, I think it was a 747. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, literally ran it into a building. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're destroying 747s, destroying a cello isn't like a stretch. Right. But I mean, like in the, oh, you mean like in the movie, the fact that maybe it was a fake cello. Maybe. No, I I was talking about like in a budgetary sense, you know, like. Oh, yeah. You know, if if you're going to, if you're going to like fucking buy a 747, then, then what's smashing a cello or two? Yep. Um, Were you. Was that the movie you were talking about? I know we had a conversation at one point about that um, they were looking to to remodel or destroy that part of the airport anyway. No, they actually. I didn't. I didn't see anything in the in the like special features that said that they were doing that. Like that was a portion of the building that they I think made for the movie. Oh, okay. Because destro- it was basically like a pop up tent. Like it wasn't even really a. a structure like it had some glass and some tin <laughs> uh, okay yeah maybe i'm thinking a different movie um like i mean i know in like um the dark knight returns like they were looking to demolish that portion of that yeah, i think it was a factory on the south side of chicago or something 
Yeah. That they dressed up like a hospital. But yeah, the plane, the the car flipping scene, they they spent a lot of time on figuring out how to flip the car correctly to get it to and they could flip it like that multiple times in a row. Mhm. Um all the scenes with the uh when they're trying to get into that car or they're trying to get into the armored car, uh that was all done like they closed down a road. Uh, I can't remember forgot to write down where. Um, but they had to close down a road for like three weeks. Nice. To do that scene. It was not in America. They closed a different country. You know, it's funny when they were, um, oh man, I forget which building they were in. One of the buildings that they were in, um, and it may have been at the opera house. It may, may have been later. It looked like the same building that they used in like Captain America Civil War, where they all got in a fight for a minute. Like not the airport, but like that little, like kind of small hallway area. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know. But yeah, yeah, it was a good movie and it had some weird issues and then you kind of have time to think about it and they're not so weird anymore. I think there's, there's a lot, a lot to digest. Like we said, it's it's a super dense movie. Um, uh, where's it going with that? It's the, I think I haven't watched it a second time, but I know that I'm going to watch it a second time and I think it will be a a, a better experience uh, for it. Yeah, I'm interested to watch it again, but it'll probably be like half a year <laughs> before I yeah. watch it again. Like some of the stuff that I watched that was like all the details you missed in, in Tenet, like, um, uh, for example, Robert Pattinson's character um, at the Opera House, like the, the dude who like saves his life by shooting the reverse bullet. When mm-hmm. he walks away, you see like the little red string on his backpack. Yep. Yeah, I and like that. that was something I would not have no. I didn't notice it the first time, but I'm sure I would have seen it the second time through. Yeah, there's a uh, real quick. This is kind of not related. There's a lot of videos on YouTube that are like the ending explained, and mm-hmm. we, we never really understand those because as long as you're not on your phone the whole time and you're paying attention to most movies, like you don't really need the ending explained. Yeah, dude, I. <laughs> And all oh, of them I are said, very obvious stuff. Like it's like at the end of Tenet. Well, Tenet would be a more complicated one, maybe. But but even Tenet, like I watched a like a forty five minute uh, video that was like uh, Tenet explained every uh, all your questions answered or whatever, yeah. and it was just forty five minutes of this dude telling the plot of Tenet. Yep. Yep. Like if you had seen the movie, you know what he said. The remember? So did you watch? The Bly Manor show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one we watched on that because we liked watching the, what was the first show that they did? Uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, so we watched the like 43 or whatever things that you missed, uh, mainly for the ghosts because we wanted to see where all the ghosts were because those are, which in Bly Manor they weren't as uh, hidden as they were in Hill House. Yeah. But like the ending explained was literally like, explaining who were ghosts which they explained at the end of the movie or at the end of the show (laughs) like they literally sat down and they explained like the end of the show on the last episode and i'm like why is this youtube video here (laughs) i guess just making content i guess i mean yeah making content well uh where can we where can we see this movie right now uh, at the moment, it's a digital, digital purchase only. Um, like I said, uh, we are assuming that it's going to come to HBO Max in the near future. 
Um, but right now you can, well, it, I guess it's also physical purchase. Yeah. Um, but there's no way to, to stream it um, on, a, on a paid streaming service. Not yet. Not yet. So what's up next time? Next time we're going to get into WandaVision. It's going to be our first series and I am super excited about it. No, it's not. What? We've done a series before. What? We did uh, Over the Garden Wall. Oh, yeah, that was a series. Yep. I don't know. I don't know why that didn't feel like a series to me. But yeah. Because <laughs> it's only three hours long. <laughs> oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. All right. It'll be our second series. Our first series of 2021. How about that? There we go. You did All it. right. I did it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, I guess, yeah, you know, check check your feeds for, for our next episode. And uh, we'll be, be back. Great. We'll be back next time with some WandaVision. And remember, we live in a twilight world. There are no friends at dusk. That's true. 